a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn, you still have. Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening, as usual. Today, I'm going to be going into a basic history of the Clone Army, also known as the Grand Army of the Republic. Now, this was the uh, military force that was utilized by the Republic during the Clone Wars era. Um, I'm not going to be going into specific clones or anything like that. This is going to be a basic history, basic structure of the army itself. And then in future episodes, I'm planning on going into more specific uh, clones um, and maybe like my favorites. I might have a uh, the ability to speak does not make you intelligent on that with some other people. And uh, But this is simply uh, a basic history of the clone army itself. And so without further ado, let's just dive straight into ARC Trooper training. Gentlemen, who wants to be an ARC Trooper? I do, sir! Before we dive into this, I just want to say that there are some pretty significant spoilers uh, for the movies as well as the shows in this episode. So if that is of any bearing to you, I would recommend uh, not listening to this until you have uh, l watched all of the movies at least. And then I would say through Clone Wars and potentially Bad Batch, but uh, that's completely up to you. I'm going to start off with some misconceptions, which are a little bit more general, but um, the, the biggest one and most significant and really the only one that I could think of would be that stormtroopers and clone troopers are not the same thing, Storm, which is something that a lot of people get mixed up. Stormtroopers were largely conscripted soldiers, whereas clones were born and raised in laboratories bred for combat. Uh, stormtroopers served during the Imperial era, whereas clones largely served during the Republic era surrounding the Clone Wars. And obviously they did bleed into the Empire a little bit, but uh, I'll talk about kind of their use and eventual uh, kind of phasing out later. As far as the precursor to the Grand Ar Army of the Republic goes, there was no centralized galactic military force in the recent history before the Clone Wars. This was due to the Rusan Reformation, which occurred uh, after the perceived end of the Sith Order and largely decentralized authority within the Republic. And it limited the powers of the Supreme Chancellor, as well as left worlds to defend for themselves using planetary militias. Um, so that that was basically for the first... Uh, the the thousand year period leading up to the Clone Wars was there was no central galactic military force. It was all planet to planet uh, militias. So the beginnings of the Grand Army of the Republic, I'm going to be going into a little bit of a side note about the history or at least the late life of Jedi Master sifo -Dyas. So the Jedi sifo -Dyas is the one who commissioned the creation of the Clone Army on behalf of the Republic without the knowledge of the Senate or the Jedi Council. Uh, sifo Dyas had extremely powerful visions of the future and foresaw great conflict within the Republic, and he uh, voiced his opinion to the Jedi Council that an army was necessary, and they dismissed it and actually removed his uh, him from the Jedi Council itself whenever uh, they felt like he was a little too unstable to hold that position. And... Despite this, sifo took matters into his own hands um, and he commissioned the creation of a clone army 
himself. Now, Darth Sidious and Count Dooku, um, and Count Dooku was actually a childhood friend of Sifo-Dyas, they discovered his uh, plan to create a clone army and plotted for his death, Sifo-Dyas' death. They paid the Pike Syndicate, who were a group of crime lords notorious for drug trading within the Star Wars galaxy, but they uh, paid him, them to shoot down sifo ship while he was on mission uh, to disrupt their uh, drug trading ring. So Dias died in the crash, and Dooku planted his body somewhere else uh, in order to frame his death as an unfortunate accident on missions somewhere else. Um, and then Dooku took control of the cloning project using uh, sifo uh, identity, but going by Tyrannus rather than sifo which is um, Count Dooku's uh, Sith name, Darth Tyrannus. And uh, Dooku is also the one that hired Jango Fett as the cloning template and made sure to ensure that inhibitor chips were placed within uh, all of the clones. Now, I actually didn't know this, but... Um, or actually, I didn't know this, but there's something else I didn't know. So the Kaminoans were hired as cloners, and they were reclusive, uh, very brilliant, scientific, long-necked creatures native to the water world of Kamino. And I, as I was re- as I was researching um, where Kamino was within the galaxy, I found that most sources say that it exists outside of the known boundaries of the galaxy. So technically, either in the unknown regions or in wild space. And I actually didn't know that, but, um, yeah, but th- that's, that's all the information that I could find. It's not in any of my source books. Um, perhaps the archives are incomplete, as um, Obi-Wan said while he was actually searching for Kamino. And uh, so, anyways, it lies just outside the Rishi Maze, which we hear about uh, in the Clone Wars. And, yeah, it's a very isolated world. And uh, Jango Fett was the clone template. Uh, He was a Mandalorian bounty hunter and the most successful bounty hunter in the galaxy at the time. Uh, Clones were genetically modified to be more obedient and have accelerated growth in order to raise an army quicker. Um, And then Jango Fett also requested an unaltered clone for himself to raise as a son, and this, of course, was Boba Fett. Um, And... Then it was 10 years after sifo uh death that Kamino was actually discovered by Obi-Wan Kenobi and Attack of the Clones despite it being deleted from the Jedi records mysteriously. And this leads to the use of the clone army at the First Battle of Geonosis and the eventual Clone Wars. So, uh, as far as their service to the Republic, clones were very quickly adapted Uh, by the Republic after emergency powers were granted to Supreme Chancellor Palpatine in the face of the growing Separatist movement. The Jedi were enlisted to act as guardians as a civil war broke out within the galaxy, and then uh, the Grand Army of the Republic was formed. Now, the Grand Army of the Republic was uh, broken into a lot of different metrics, which I'm about to read off, and it's going to be a lot of numbers, but I do find this to be extremely interesting. So, first off, under like the different types of armies which i'm not going to go through there was a a core which contained four legions each legion had thirty six thousand eight hundred sixty four troops and a core was led by a jedi general and a clone marshal commander now 
Jedi General would be any Jedi Knight or Master uh, that was serving within the conflict. And then a Clone Marshal Commander would be the highest rank of Clone Trooper, if I'm not mistaken. So like Cody, Commander Cody was a Clone Marshal Commander. Uh, so was Bly. Uh, a Legion, so there are four Legions and a Corps. A Legion had four regiments. Each regiment had 9,216 Clone Troopers. And they were led by a Jedi General or a Clone Commander. Uh, same, same kind of breakdown there, but Clone Commander is uh, lower in rank than Clone Marshal Commander. A regiment had four battalions uh, with 2,304 uh, 2, troopers in each battalion. These were led by a Jedi Commander, so potentially a Padawan would be a commander. Uh, or a clone commander. Battalions uh, were split into four companies with 576 troopers per company, and these were led by a Jedi general uh, or commander or a clone commander. And then a uh, company was split into four platoons with 144 troopers per platoon. These were led by a clone captain. Platoons were uh, split into four squads, 36 troopers per squad, led by a clone lieutenant. And then a squad, um, which had nine troopers in it, was led by a clone sergeant. So uh, just for those of you who are more familiar with uh, the clones, uh, the clone armies and the different regiments within it, the uh, like an example of a corps would be um, the 327th Sky Corps, which was uh, led by Adila Secura and Clone Marshal Commander Bly. Um, they were the ones with the yellow markings on their armor. A legion uh, would be the 501st Legion. They were the clones with the blue armor, led by Jedi General Anakin Skywalker and Clone Captain Rex. Um, and uh, C Commander Ahsoka Tano, of course. Uh, and then there's also the 212th Attack Battalion, which is the orange markings that were led by Jedi General Obi-Wan Kenobi and Clone Marshal Commander uh, Cody who was the clone marshal commander over the 7th Sky Corps. So there's a lot of these little nuances, but it is interesting to see how these are broken up differently. And uh, I think that it's something that is overlooked. I think that it's rather interesting, but I also enjoy military strategy, so uh, maybe it's not for everybody. But uh, during the time of the Republic, there were approximately 3.2 million troops within uh, the Grand Army of the Republic. And yeah... Uh, that's about all I have for the general structure of the uh, army. But 3.2 million isn't that much, especially for a galaxy-wide uh, galaxy conflict, which is why it was always a point of tension on whether or not they should uh, purchase more clones from the Kaminoans because all that does is really uh, it only prolongs the conflict. And if you're trying to end the conflict quickly, why would you want an excess of troopers. Anyways, that's that's a one storyline within the Clone Wars TV show, which is less interesting in my opinion, but still interesting nonetheless. So another thing of note is that clones began to stop using their CT numbers. So like Captain Rex was CT seventy five sixty seven, um, and he stopped using that and started going by Rex, and uh, this was in order to express their individuality. So like clones like Rex. You don't really hear clones uh, called by their numbers except for like 
Jedi General Pong Krell use them use their numbers in order to uh, kind of prevent or kind of dehumanize them almost. They also uh, began using unique armor decals to express their individuality as well, like Rex, you see, um, with his like even like modified armor. Whenever everyone moves from phase one to phase two, um, he keeps his phase two visor, his phase one visor with his phase two armor. It's it's super cool, and that is one uh, distinct. Uh, break that I actually don't have in my notes, but I just remembered during the war you started out with the uh, the T visors that looked a little bit more like Mandalorian armor that we see used in Episode Two, Attack the Clones, and you move into a more stormtrooper like armor that we see used in Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith. And the move from one to the other was that the Phase One armor was extremely uncomfortable for clones to wear. It was very durable and much more protective but it was extremely uncomfortable. Now, phase two was more comfortable, more maneuverable, but it provided less protection from blaster fire, so there was a trade-off there. What Rex did is he welded his two armors together, so he welded the T-visor from his phase one armor into the rest of the helmet of his phase two armor, and he actually welded uh, different, like, he. I think that he welded his chest plate um, and welded, like, a few other like maybe on his arms and stuff to provide more protection but also keep the mobility of um the face two armor so i just think that that's super cool and i think that it was really cool that dave filoni and all of them made that decision to kind of make rex stand out even more uh the clone armies during the clone wars they clashed with the confederacy of independent systems droid armies and a conflict that reshaped the history of the galaxy and now the end of the Grand Army of the Republic. Uh, inhib- the inhibitor chips placed within the clones uh, were designed to make them completely obedient to specific commands. And at the end of the Clone Wars, following Anakin Skywalker's fall to the dark side, Chancellor Palpatine instituted Order 66 uh, to the members of the Grand Army of the Republic. And this order marked all Jedi as traitors to the Republic to be executed without question. Uh, and this was known as the Great Jedi Purge, and this saw the end to nearly every single Jedi in the existing order at the time, uh, other than, obviously, specific members that we actually see survive, such as Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, Kanan Jarrus, Cal Kestis, um, people like that, Ahsoka Tano, we saw, um, and now there were, uh, some clone defectors, we obviously see in the Bad Batch TV show, spoiler if you haven't seen this, but the Bad Batch does not uh, partake in Order 66. And then um, we see instances like Rex where Ahsoka actually helped remove his chip. Um, and yeah, so it's a super... I, I will say Order 66 is one of the saddest things, in my opinion, in um, Star Wars in general. Um, but I really hope we see more content for it because I think that it is great emotional content and I hope, hope, hope that we get to see more maybe from the Imperials' perspective as they're hunting down Jedi. Um, so clones continued to serve the New Galactic Empire after, for a while after Order 66 occurred and it's unclear why, but in the existing canon, clones had been effectively eliminated from Imperial military ranks after the first year of the Empire's existence. We're not entirely sure why, 
Perhaps it has something to do with their minds being augmented for long periods of time at a time. Uh, or maybe it has something to do with, in Legends, there was a clone uprising. So it is unclear why, but for one reason or another, clones were removed from the ranks of the Grand Army of the Republic about a year into the Empire, or the Grand, or not the Grand Army of the Republic, the Imperial Navy, uh, about a year into the Empire's existence. And hopefully we get some explanation uh, for why that is in Bad Batch. And then we obviously see, if you've watched Rebels, you know that we see three clone deserters. Um, that is Rex, Commander Wolf, and Clone Captain, uh, Commander Captain Gregor, who are hiding out, and they actually join the rebellion. And so that's that's very very cool. But that's all I have for my general rundown uh, through the Grand Army of the Republic. I like I said, I'm happy to go into more detail about specific clones, specific regiments or uh, divisions within. Uh, the clone army uh, just let me know what you would like me to go through and I'm happy to do it but that's all that I have uh, but to, this wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave you with a little bit more so this is for all of you Avatar Last Airbender fans out there Apo, a sergeant and later commander in the 501st Legion was named after Appa the flying bison in uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, and this was Dave Filoni's way of paying homage uh, to the show as he worked on Avatar before heading up the Clone Wars. Um, so I think that that's kind of interesting. I personally never watched Avatar The Last Airbender. I feel like I should. I've been told I should, uh, and I might just because I do love Dave Filoni, and I'm sure that anything that he's worked on in the past is absolutely fantastic. But uh, the, I think that there's a couple other nods uh, within Clone Wars, like very subtle ones, but that's the most obvious one. And in the uh, in the movies, Apo doesn't have this, but in the Clone Wars show, he has a little arrow uh, decal on his armor, uh, kind of like I don't know his name. I feel so bad, but the the main guy in um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, he has the little arrow decal. So that's also a little homage. Um, so I just completely butchered that. If you have any mean words for me, please don't i mean if you want to you can uh but it's i i honestly just don't know much about avatar the last airbender i'm happy to have that as a side project um but uh i've heard that it's, i've heard really good things and i thought that a lot of people would appreciate this so that's all that i have for today uh if you've been keeping up with the bad batch uh i would really appreciate it if you checked out my bad batch reviews and breakdowns that i'm releasing every single friday um that uh, the episodes come out. And that being said, I'm probably not going to release them next Friday, or at least not on time. It'll probably be more like Sunday because I'm going to be out of town and I'm not going to have time to uh, do it because I'm going to be working a lot. But uh, that's okay. I'll get it to you eventually. Um, all that said, if you want to email me to ask questions, uh, give critiques, I give corrections. Uh, my email is up on the website, uh, but the email is twinsuntalks at gmail.com. The website is twinsuntalks.wixsite.com slash twin-sun. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Contact me through that. It is at twinsuntalks. And then if you want to subscribe to us on YouTube, which is really just this podcast, but on YouTube, uh, then you can find us tw at twinsuntalks podcast. Uh, and... Yeah, that's all that I have for y'all today. 
Um, you've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you, and I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye, friends.